Kia ora and welcome to this episode of the Amateur Austinite. My very special guest today, Christina Pupo and Ashlyn Barrios from Rational Creatures. Yeah, hi, I'm Christina. I played Ana Elias on Rational Creatures. I am an actress, writer, producer, director, all of the things that make me sound like a narcissist, but basically a creative at heart. And I was just very lucky to be on this team. I'm Ashlyn. I am a co-creator, co-writer, co-director, co-all the things in Rational Creatures, except for acting. That's where wonderful actors like Christina come in. We were very lucky to have wonderful actors like Christina come in. Today we're going to be discussing episodes 15 and 16 of Rational Creatures, which is almost at the end. So episode 15 is an Anna and Elliot at the start. Anna talks about how she's never traveled and then tells him that he needs to pronounce her name correctly. I cannot believe she's put up with it for this long. (laughs) Then we cut to Fred giving Sophie grilled cheese while she reads his book and Anna turns up to talk to Sophie about grad school. Then Anna and Marisol bond and Anna is thinking about moving out of her dad's place, even though she's just moved back. (laughs) changes lots of back and forth that's the millennial normal normalcy i think so right yeah (laughs) episode 16 is the breakup blog which was never posted anna's packing and finds a usb and in a folder entitled do not enter (laughs) is the blog showing how she and fred broke up they've just graduated anna's worried about responsibilities Fred reveals he isn't deferring, so he's not going to go to university. Anna reveals that actually she's already paid and is going to go to university. Fred's like, it's all family pressure. And she's like, well, actually, traveling wasn't my idea either. And he wants to do long <laughs> distance. And he says, I love you. She does not say it back. And he assumes she's been planning on breaking up with him. And he gives her back her fantastic compass that she gave him. No, that, oh. that one hurt. <laughs> What was it like doing the, in particular, the blogs? Because that's quite a different style of acting, isn't it? Yeah, no. It was interesting because you had to ride this line between, you know, Anna is kind of an introverted character, but in these blogs, she's a little silly, she's a little goofier, and you know that you're you're doing it for an audience. So there's that line you have to ride between, like, what's believable and what isn't. Also keeping in mind, she's younger. She's, you know, a teenager doing these blogs. I am not a teenager. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> and so kind of encompassing that mindset of like, you know, saying whatever comes to your head and just being a little freer with yourself because you still have hope, <laughs> which, you know, not to say adults don't have hope, but it's a different kind of mindset. It was something I hadn't done before on screen I hadn't played two ages of a character and especially a a, a blog like that but they they were fun sometimes it's hard I gotta say because it's such a looking dead into the camera and sometimes you're just like oh my god I hate myself like the (laughs) self-loathing kicks and you're like oh Anna dork stop you know (laughs) but you're like no no it's okay I'm doing what's scripted this is this is right I should feel this way but yeah, it was, definitely, it was definitely a challenge sometimes. Looking directly into the camera is something that you're not really supposed to do. 
Right. Yeah. 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 We've been trained <laughs> to not ever look down the barrel, but it's also it's it's vulnerable. It it is like a very vulnerable piece to just be kind of, you know, I'm someone who in my personal life, you know, I've done videos. I I never really did too many like vlog type things when I was younger. But even when I would, I would look over things and be like, nope, delete that one. Start again. Like I'm very precise and, and, and you know, just that mindset. So it was, it was funny to do these kind of riffs on being a teen who's just going to say whatever and not delete it. Like half the stuff she puts up there. Like why did she post it? <laughs> like the one where they make out? Right. <laughs> <laughs> See, there it is. And there it is. So, you know, Anna's a little bit. There's a little kink in there. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say from the creator and writer's side, the vlogs are something that obviously aren't in the novel. We don't see them in their original relationship in the novel. We thought it it would be interesting to see the breakup. And you can't really see the breakup unless you lead up to the breakup. And so we, we did it this way. With Anna as a character, it's a, it's a fine line of like, what's going to be on camera? What's not going to be on camera? And specifically in episode 16, that has been that was such a writing challenge. Why would the breakup be on camera? But well, we've already established it has to be, otherwise we can't show it on screen. But well, why, why would she be filming this? Why wouldn't she delete it? So those are all questions that made writing it very complicated. I think he handled it really well. Because, yeah, most people would keep that so they can hurt themselves with it later. <laughs> if I were a viewer and not like the writer, I'd be rewatching the breakup episode because that's what I do to like hurt myself. I like rewatch <laughs> TV breakups and things like that. So it, it makes sense for Honest. I think, I hope it makes sense for Honest that yeah, that video. Something that I hadn't really picked up on before is that the fact that she's going through things kind of indicates that she is actually packing to move going through her old stuff, decluttering not only physical items, but emotional stuff all kind of at the same time. I like callbacks. And I think there's a couple of callbacks that kind of tie into this episode specifically. But I do think it's one of the things is that at the beginning of the show, we see Fred with a box. And it's a box of his old things, right? And here we see Anna packing up her old things. I find those little connections, like... I like to put those in there. I, I, I'm like, let's insert this in hopes that someone will pick up on it. Yeah, I think I picked up on so many more of the little things when you watch it all the way through, a second time through. So filming these episodes would have been, the vlog episodes would have been different as well because I assume you would have had a stationary camera. Yeah, like I wrote this episode, but I, I wasn't present for the filming of either part the present day storyline or the past tense storyline so i'll let christina speak to that but yeah camera is stationary the whole time which as a director can be difficult as well it was challenging for both me and peter who plays fred so we took a lot of care with this scene like we were like we have to get them all right but this scene in particular we had both agreed we need to really get this right because people are going to be waiting to know what happened and we wanted the emotion to feel real and to be there. So I know for us, the day of, we shot it the vlog style with one camera set up, but we actually ended up also asking if we could get coverage, if they could actually shoot it with angles as if it was a normal scene. 
because we wanted that alternate version to exist just in case creatively they changed their mind because I guess our concern was we're going through so many emotional things and it's like in your mind you want the camera to see it you know like the nuances like his expression on his face and like we were a little worried that it wouldn't translate on just like the one thing but we you know ultimately obviously it was up to all the directors but we just wanted it to exist just in case it didn't work I think we made it work I think it was there but it was a challenge to kind of play it you know the camera is right there but you still need to have some kind of dimension to the scene you know because we're sitting next to each other and it's really hard to fight with someone in that scenario where you're like facing forward but you're also facing each other, but you're also like taking a beat sometimes to just kind of collect yourself. And so we had to kind of play around with it. But I think for us, ultimately, even though they didn't use the coverage and they just stuck to the vlog, it helped us psychologically just to feel like, okay, we're really going to be able to get like raw with this and play with this a certain way. So I think at the end of the day, when we acted with the one camera, we still acted as if we were getting coverage. So I think it ended up blocking wise, we had made ourselves more dynamic in that scene. So that's what happened the day of. We did use that footage. We didn't use it in episode 16, but spoiler, in episode <laughs> 18, you do see some of those close-ups that they got on that day. Right. And I should mention the only reason I wasn't there is because there was a global pandemic and during that right. filming time I wasn't allowed to leave Canada and go into the States. So. Yes. <laughs> Ashlyn, are you the only person on the cast crew who's from Canada? I am. Jessamine has a dual citizenship, so technically she is Canadian, but she does not live in Canada, whereas I live full-time in, in Toronto and Ontario. I understand it was obviously a lot more difficult for Hazel because she's on another continent. Was there particular difficulties for you being in another country? There were nuances. For example, like I, I actually work in higher education. So my full-time day job, how I get paid Monday to Friday is I work at a university. And so that comes in useful when the topic of your screenplay is about that. But there are nuances of, oh, wait, does the American university system work this way? I know that in my timeline, students should be paying their tuition deposits in June, but do they do that in the States? Is that how it works there? Just things like when I handed in a draft, it would be in like Canadian writing versus like American spelling and things like that. Or there's phrases that I would say that they wouldn't say. The time zone isn't that bad. It's only three hours difference to Jessamine, who is the furthest time zone um, other than Hazel. Uh, so we were able to make it work. But yeah, the fact that we made it work sometimes still shocks me now. Because now, even when we try to figure out a meeting time, we're like, this is impossible. How did we do this? <laughs> it's really impressive. Christina, I saw a reference that are you in LA? Yeah. In season one, when we started shooting, I lived in Chicago, which was where, you know, we sh we shot all of season one and shortly after we wrapped I moved to Los Angeles so that also I, I feel like I presented some challenges for everyone because then I had to be flown in back when we shot in Chicago and we shot in Minnesota as well so that was probably unexpected. Where did the original idea for this production come from? 
Hazel, Anya, Justin, and I were involved in a community, what we call lately the LIW community, the Literary Inspired Web Series community, in our own ways, in our own respects. So we met each other through this community, through working on each other's shows, through following each other on Twitter. I hosted like a watch party once and I invited people from different things, including some of them, and we just met that way. And somewhere in the mix of that came a group conversation where we pitched this idea, basically. We wanted to do one with Persuasion. I would say it's my favorite Jane Austen novel. At the time, I would probably have said Pride and Prejudice was my favorite, but I've now grown up a little bit and consider Persuasion my favorite, which happens to a lot of Jane Austen fans. And like, I know Hazel had some ideas, and I think Anya had some ideas, and slowly we kind of started merging them. For me, the big thing was I wanted a Latina character to play Anne Elliot. I knew that what Anne Elliot feels and her emotions in the novel that are very much of her time period could be translated to a modern setting. And especially, especially in episode 16, I think you understand her motivations. You hopefully understand why she makes the decisions she makes. Whereas I don't know that we can understand Anne Elliot without the historical context. But we can understand someone from a different cultural setting than maybe the typical. And hopefully by the end of episode 16, you also understand why Fred's so upset too. Because at the time, when you're in high school, you don't necessarily understand everything that you might understand once you grow up a little bit. So that's kind of where like the idea stemmed from. And we were like, okay, well, let's try it. Let's just like try writing a script. And it kind of snowballed from there. What can you tell me about the musical choices for the show? Yeah, so we actually really wanted to feature some indie like indie musicians. The first season was exclusively one artist. Oh my was God. it Tessa Violet? Yeah, Tessa. yeah. okay. Because someone else has used her before and introduced me to her. Another literary web series used Crush mm-hmm. as their outro, and I cannot remember who it was, but that introduced me to her. Yeah. It was Jules's show. It was a twelfth grade or whatever. Was it? I can't remember who was that one. Okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I need um, to know. <laughs> I, I I know what show you're talking about, and I will find it for you and send it to you. Thank you. Because right I've looked but, and I couldn't figure it out. But you know what's funny? It's like I know her name is Tessa Violet, but I always want to say Tessa Scott because of Tessa and Scott, like the figure skaters. Because that's how Canadian I am, guys. It's really bad. Um, <laughs> But yes, we used Tessa Violet exclusively in season one just because we got access to that music and we really liked her. In season two, we wanted to switch it up. So we actually hired someone, our music supervisor, who's a good friend of ours who's worked in different LIWs to kind of help us find some songs. There was a lot going on. We were doing a lot, playing a lot of different hats. And they provided us with a list. We went through them. Like not all of them made it into the show. Some of the songs we found ourselves. But what's interesting is that in episode 16, you see Tessa Violet again, which again is another callback to season one, because again, we're, we're calling back into the past. We want the audience to go back into the past with Anna. And in episode 15, you see a really upbeat song, which is kind of different from everything you've seen up until that point. It's a very different tone in music, which is on purpose, right? Because Anna is literally shifting in tone. Her whole perspective is shifting. Also, we need to bring it up a little bit so then it hurts that much more when you bring it down. <laughs> also that, it doesn't hurt. But we wanted, yeah, we wanted it to be like, oh, there's there's a shift happening because that shift is going to take us to the end of the show and we need that shift to happen. Otherwise, we can't have the third act. The third act can't exist without a shift like that. 
The tagline for the show is fall back in love. Do you think that it is a falling back in love or do you think they've been in love the whole time? Ooh, I think that depends on which character you look at too. I think they both think that they've gotten over this love, but I, I do think it's their both of their first loves, their first real love. And I think for anyone, that's really hard to get over. And I think for anyone, they might just hold that a little bit closer to their heart. So I think they kind of put it, I like to say this with my friends, like put it in their back pocket. Like we, you have a guy in your back pocket, like he's there, you'll get around to him. Uh, except it's probably a little bit more emotional than what I just described. <laughs> and I, I think they both thought that they were over it and maybe they realized that they, they weren't. Fred literally runs away from his feelings and he's very hurt by what happens and he feels lied to. And Anna feels like she's done the responsible thing. But that doesn't mean she's forgotten about it. Or maybe, I think that at some point they both kind of just like moved on with their lives, but that doesn't mean they were fully over it. For me, I think it was more than back. I think it was like falling in love a second time. They had that young love. They understood each other on that basic puppy love level. And then falling in love all over again with who they became and how they've changed and loving that version of each other. So that's kind of how I've always seen it. Like they were still two different loves that they had. And I think that's what makes the story even more powerful. Retaining a crush and then never getting over it is one thing, but like, you know, having someone come back into your life and realizing that you love them even more now, like everything that they are is so much more amazing. Oh my God, I want to change my answer. I love <laughs> About the cast, everyone is multi-talented. You hire almost everyone is not just an actor. <laughs> Musicians and dancers and it's amazing the depth of talent that you're or all of you have. The creative team will always tell you that we've gotten we got super lucky with this cast. I honestly don't know how we got this lucky. I was like, is this how all American actors are? Because maybe I've just been like making shows in the wrong country. Not that my previous things weren't great. They were also good actors. But I, I just feel like this group was also very, just very special. I feel like you each brought something that was really unique. I don't know that anyone else could have played any of these roles as, as good as they've done. There's like little things that I noticed when we're watching it. Like there's a scene with both Peter and Christina where they're sitting on the staircase and they're drinking tea. And I've seen the bloopers, so I know that they're goofing off, like, in real life. But there's a scene where he, like, where Peter, like, looks at Anna. And I was like, that's definitely not scripted. That's Peter just being a good actor. And I, like, oh, I melt. And I'm, like, the one who, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, if it's getting me, who's, like, in the creative team and who's been a part of the writing process and who knows them in real life, which can make it harder to believe someone on camera when you know them in real life. I'm like, oh, I hope it gets the audience, too, because if it's getting me... I think that's, that's meaningful in some things. I love this cast. Being a part of this cast was my favorite thing. When we got to do season two, I was just so excited, more than even just filming, just to be reunited with everyone, um, especially since I had moved away. They are so talented. And the thing is that when you work with such incredibly talented co-stars, your job is not a job. I was Anna because everyone around me was their character. And I mean, working with Peter was great. Peter's amazing. Peter is, he's a good time. He's fun and really funny. And we were able to kind of joke and be ridiculous. And then on a dime, turn back to this like longing 
it was nice to have like that kind of camaraderie on set too, where it wasn't just like, okay, now we're doing this very serious work and nobody talks to each other. Like we were goofing off the entire cast all the time, just singing show tunes and being crazy. And that's what made it fun. And I mean, you know, I talk about Peter because he was who I was opposite, but Maddie's the, the actress Gabby. who played Maddie's Hulk, Gabby, who played my sister, was just an amazing talent to work with. And I loved every scene that I got to do with her. And episode 15, that scene that I got to do with her at the end was so natural. I mean, you know, like her poking my nose and this whole thing, that was just her. She had a way of making me feel like she was my older sister that I didn't have, or my younger sister, I guess. But, you know, we, we just had a nice bond. Like episode 15 was so difficult for me because my father had just passed away minutes before that scene, actually, that we had to shoot. And, you know, it's, it's a tough situation for everyone, right, on the set, too, because we have to get this done. We were almost done with filming. And, you know, Gabby comes up to me and she's like, what do you need? She's like, what do you need? And I was like, I, I don't want to pause. I was like, I just want to get it through. Like, let's just keep going. You know, like I, I kind of like had a moment. I cried. I was like, I will deal with this. But I just needed to like, you know, I knew everyone had worked so hard. We were almost there. So Gabby was like, okay. So she was on. She was on and there with me. We got everything done so concisely, you know, and doing that phone call to my dad. It was such a weird meta experience of I'm having to kind of improv a phone call to Poppy, having just found that out. So like without Gabby being in that scene to kind of bring me to this world of like, oh, we're acting and to give me that hug, which was a real hug when she hugged me at the end of that scene. And I ad-libbed that life is hard line because it just kind of felt like that in the moment. And it's funny because, again, it's such a simpler storyline in the moment where it's like, yeah, Anna's moving away and it's hard to deal with how her dad feels. But we were on another level experiencing a whole different moment that she was hugging me for. So, yeah, it's just a testament to it. this cast is just not just talented, but just wonderful people. I wasn't going to bring up that. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that or not. So thank you for being open and talking about what happened that day. But I was just going to say, like, that obviously was a terrible thing for it to happen in the, in the very end of production. Like, it could have just been done. Like, we would have been like, and we would have totally been like, it's done. We're just not going to finish the season because this awful thing happened. Um, and we couldn't film it. But, like, props to Christina. Even, like, I don't even have words. It's not, it's more than props. It's like, Christina was, it's not even professionalism. It's beyond that. Like, you literally could have shut everything down and... Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you did that. So if I could give you a hug right now again, I would. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a tough day. It was obviously much tougher for Christina. And I, I don't know how you did that. So yeah, I don't know what the word is. It's not congratulations. <laughs> it's like, what is the word? <laughs> yeah, I get No, it's, you know, but, but yeah, just to, to say, because everyone should know, you know, everyone on that set that was incredibly supportive and Ash, you and Jessamine and, Hazel and Anya, like they immediately, once we wrapped, they were like, okay, let's book you a flight home. You know, like, what do you need to do? You know, so, you know, like they were so accommodating and ready to take care of everything. But honestly, I just feel like the experience, even with that, 
the experience of shooting rational creatures, both season one and season two, was just something that I will always carry in my heart because working with good people just really, that's the way it should be. That is the way that making anything should be. It should be joyous, respectful, fun, and something that you, that fills your heart, not something where you get home, you're like, oh my God these shoot days or someone yelled at me like that's not what this environment was meant to be so props to them for creating a safe and enjoyable environment this is just a love fest (laughs) i know right (laughs) i love it you're so great no you're so great you're both great both (laughs) this has been christina purpo and ashley barrios and i'm francis duncan The links to our socials are in the notes. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy watching. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch and some Pride and Prejudice, heavily Pride focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!